So tonight we're talking about childlike faith, obviously, and I've been thinking about it a lot this week. And yesterday, as I was sitting in my house, I took some time to reminisce. And so I just kind of closed my eyes and I thought back to growing up in my neighborhood. And there, uh, there was this family, their last name was Tar, and um, the, the girl who was closest to my age, her name was Anna. So Anna and I played a, a lot growing up, and <clears throat> something me and some of our other siblings would do, <clears throat> excuse me. We had some uh, tortilla chips backstage. <clears throat> Nothing like tortilla chips and a little bit of salsa, you know? Um, we took these buckets. There was like a big green one and like a medium-sized yellow one and a small red one. And they lived on the lake, so we'd walk out on the dock and we'd fill each of those buckets up with water and set them on the side of the dock. And then we'd jump in the water and we'd pull out lily pads. And you know, lily pads... They float on the surface, but they're connected all the way down to the bottom of the lake with these long kind of like tubes. So we'd pull them up and then we'd take the little tubes that connect the lily pad to the, the bottom of the lake and we'd cut them up into little pieces. And then we'd walk out on the, uh, on, the, on the edge of the dock and we'd summon Shamu and we'd pick up the biggest bucket and throw the water up into the air. And then we'd, uh, you know, we'd, we'd summon the, the, the medium-sized whale and we'd throw the water up in the air and then we'd get the little baby, you know, summon the little baby and throw the water up in the air and then we'd throw these little pieces of lily pad into the water as rewards for, uh, for doing what we've commanded to them with our, you know, with our made up child hand signals. Um, and then they also, so our, our elementary school actually had like this big playground equipment thing and uh, there was this long plastic tube that some teenage ruffians had decided to light a fire under and it melted this giant hole in the bottom of the tube and Anna's dad being industrious was just kind of like if you flip it over you can still go through it so our school was throwing it away but he went and picked it up and he brought it back to that same dock and he put one end up on a tall sawhorse and then the other end down on the end of the dock and we'd take those same buckets and throw water down the tube and then slide down into the into the lake so good. And I had forgotten all about that. I hadn't thought about that in so long. Um, but tonight we're talking about bold exploration means living with childlike faith. So uh, hopefully you picked up your journal in the back when you came in tonight. If you didn't, stand up and run back there and get it with Diana. And if you don't know what I'm talking about because you don't have one, that's okay. There are some baskets back there uh, with some blank sheets of paper in it. Oh, thank you, Jen. Awesome. So run, get that. Because the first thing that we're going to do, I was talking to Chrissy on Tuesday at our creative meeting, and she said, you know, uh, a couple months ago, I was with some people, and we just took some time to just kind of close our eyes and consider like a moment that we were full of joy when we were kids. And I felt like yesterday when I was remembering these stories of growing up in my neighborhood, it was just this remembrance of childlike joy. Just the, the willingness to go out and play and enjoy life. So we're just going to right here at the very top, pause for like two minutes. And I want everybody um, right now just to kind of close your eyes. And we're just going to allow the Lord to remind us what it's like to be a kid. And maybe bring back a story like the one I just told of, of when, you, when you were a kid. And then as we just kind of sit, as something comes to mind... Go ahead and, and write it down so you can remember it again later.
So there's two passages in the New Testament where Jesus has these moments with children, two passages that we're kind of familiar with. One of them is in the book of Matthew, the other one is in the book of Mark, and we're going to start off tonight reading from the book of Matthew chapter 18 where we get this idea of childlike faith. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And the thing that I see in this as we begin talking about childlike faith tonight is a foundational principle, and it is the value of humility. In Matthew 18, verse 4, therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And this, to me, shows this, that humility is the bridge that leads us into childlike faith. The more we live and the older we get, the more and more we fool ourselves into thinking we have everything together. And we don't need anybody, and we don't need to grow, and we don't need to learn, and we don't need God because we have things figured out. But it takes humility for us to open our hands and to welcome in the Spirit of God to give us a childlike faith, to recognize that no matter how much we think we know or how far we think we've gone or how many experiences we've had, that there is still more for us to uncover. Pride leads us into having to prove our worth to the world, but humility opens us up to the freedom of God. And I love that picture of just the humility of a child who knows they have so much to learn and they rely on other people and they rely on God and they just have this freedom about life, that freedom that leads them to in the middle of a crowd of people spin around and dance or sing a song out loud or ask a question that maybe some of us would think is foolish. And when we come to the point where we recognize there's still more for us to grasp and there's room for us to grow, we end this thing in us that leads us into having to prove our worth to the world, that we've got it all together, that we're in control and we're in charge. And that humility to receive the goodness of God in our lives opens us up to have the freedom of God And I think that humility and that freedom leads us into the place of being able to live in childlike faith. And so we're going to talk about five attributes tonight of childlike faith. Before we get to that, though, I want us to just pause here and invite the Holy Spirit to stir up in us a new level of openness and humility. So let's close our eyes again, and and maybe just like right there, wherever your hands are in your lap or whatever it might be, just open your hands And it's this picture of of humility, of openness, and even that idea of just like reaching up and taking the hand of God. We first have to open our hand. And like a little child opens his or her hand to grasp the hand of a father or a mother, we open our hands tonight. So God, I pray that you would stir up in us a new level of freedom, a new level of humility, that we would open ourselves to further growth and further discovery as we talk about this concept of bold exploration, Lord, 
I pray that you would remind us of what it means to live with childlike faith and open us up to a deeper experience of you. In Jesus' name, amen. So these five attributes that we're talking about tonight, expectation, curiosity, creativity, playfulness, and reliance. So let's just dive right into that first one. Childlike faith is full of expectation. If you know any preschoolers, there's this continual expectation that every time they go to their preschool, that they're gonna have some new experience, that they're gonna encounter something wonderful. You remember going and like learning that you could put marbles in that tempura paint and then you put them on a piece of paper and a box top and you roll the marbles around and you make those pictures. And one of the memories that I have from preschool is going and we'd lay out this big blanket and we all sit in a circle around the edge of the blanket and they put a popcorn maker right in the middle and they take the lid off and they plug it in and it'd get hotter and hotter and the kernels would start rumbling around and then eventually they'd start popping out and there's these popcorn kernels flying into the air and there was this sense in preschool of expectation that every time I go I'm going to experience something new and it's going to be fun and the longer we go to school the less fun it gets and the harder and the harder it becomes like watching popcorn pop out of the top of a popcorn maker is way more exciting than learning algebra. But, but because that's what happens in life, things become more complicated and ideas get more complex and we experience more of life and we recognize that not everything is easy. I think sometimes we turn off expectation so that we can protect ourselves from pain or confusion or just having to dive into an idea that rubs up against us in a difficult way. But tonight, as we talk about childlike faith, it's about recapturing that sense of expectation that we would approach every day of life like a preschooler approaches going to preschool and the fun that they expect to have when they wake up the expectation that they know they don't know everything. And we start thinking that we do, and because of that, we stop expecting. Childlike faith begins with the humble admission that we don't know everything. And I think that's a really beautiful place for us to return to, for us to have an expectation that we would learn more of God and we would experience of more, more of who God is and that we would encounter a greater revelation of who God is and who we are and what the world is like and all the complex ideas and experiences that lay outside of our realm of comprehension. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. I love this picture. The, the wise people aren't wise because they know a bunch of stuff already. The wise people are wise because they're opening their ears to listen and they're opening themselves to learning that wisdom isn't knowing everything and stopping, but wisdom is the thing that lets us learn more and more and recognize that the more that we learn, the more we understand that we don't know. Again, in, in Proverbs chapter 18 this time, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge for the ears of the wise seek it out. That we would have this sense of seeking, the sense of expectation, this recognition, this humility that says, I don't know everything. And that leads us to the excitement of childlike faith. 
that says there's something for me to discover today. So childlike faith is full of expectation and childlike faith is also full of curiosity that we would start every day with an expectation that we're going to find something and then we would walk throughout our day expecting to discover things, things of God and things of us and things of the world. (laughs) In researching for my messages, sometimes it's like complex stuff and then sometimes it's really, really simple things. Like one of the things I like to do is just like, go online and and like Google, what does the Bible say about X? So I did that with some of these and I did it with curiosity and I Googled, what does the Bible say about curiosity? Just to kind of like see what other people have kind of derived from that question. And so I clicked on a link and this is what was at the top of that page. We've all heard the quote, curiosity killed the cat. Curiosity can indeed lead you down a dark path. Christians must be careful to walk by the Holy Spirit. It's extremely easy to fall into sin, and Satan can entice you. All it takes is one time. People say, why is everybody into porn? Let me find out. Uh, uh, Why does everybody smoke weed? Let me try. I want to know about the latest gossip. Let me search for it. In these examples, you see curiosity is very dangerous. It will lead to compromising, and it can result in going astray. Be careful. Live by the word of God. And sure, there's some little nuggets of truth in there, but what, how often do we walk around with this idea, this cultural kind of indoctrination? Curiosity killed the cat. Beware, it's dangerous. Stay where you are, live in what you know. Don't go beyond what you've already experienced. Let me tell you how to live your life so that you can erect walls around you to keep you safe. And we turn off the curiosity that is the definition of childlike faith. This willingness to go into new territory and discover new things that we would walk into new moments and trust that there's something there for us to find. Solomon, this king, this very wise person, in 1 Kings chapter 4, it talks about kind of this breadth of curiosity, I think, that defines his wisdom. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about plant life, from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of walls. He also spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish. From all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. And it's this picture of this wise man who hasn't walled himself off from the curiosity about the world around him. Rather, he's well-versed in biology and in the environment and in poetry and in song and in the cultures of the world and from all over, people come and he listens and he speaks and he experiences and Solomon's wisdom is wrapped up in the sense of curiosity about the world and I think as followers of Christ our call is not to fear ideas our call is to engage ideas and discern them with the spirit we hear about this concept of discernment. And I think the reason we hear about the concept of discernment is because God's expectation as we embrace childlike faith is that we are curious people. 
I think God has built curiosity inside of us. God's made us to discover new things and have a sense of wonder about the world around us. And there are so many of us who are surrounded by people of fear, or maybe we allow that same fear to rise up inside of us, and because of that fear, we turn off curiosity, and we build castles, and we say, I'm going to stay tight inside of my castle. But bold exploration means embracing the peace of childlike faith that is curiosity. I have a friend uh, who is of another faith, and I saw that online um, two weekends ago, he posted that he had been on this retreat around his faith. And I saw him a few days later, and, and I just asked him questions. Tell me what it was like. What did you walk away with? What did you experience? What was meaningful for you? I think there have been huge sex- sections of my life where I wouldn't have even been willing to ans- ask those questions Because of the truth and know the truth and avoid anything that's not the truth. But in asking the questions and being curious about his life and his experiences, it opens up a new realm of depth to explore thoughts and life and idea and God and Jesus. And it's that curiosity and that willingness to walk forward and not be afraid of ideas But to say, Lord, walk with me into these ideas. Give me your spirit, the spirit of discernment. And as we begin to do that, I think we begin acquiring this ability to uncover the kingdom as we approach the world with curiosity. Uncovering the kingdom means approaching the world with curiosity. This other passage in the New Testament where Jesus is talking about childlike faith, Mark chapter 10. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like these little children will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. And I think it's this sense of curiosity that allows us to uncover the kingdom in the world around us as we walk into environments, as we walk into spaces, that we would begin brushing away the things that we can only see with our eyes, and we begin diving deeper into what is true and what is real the things under the surface. And that curiosity allows us to uncover the things that are under the surface and bring about the realities of heaven, which leads us to this next idea. Childlike faith is full of creativity. The creativity of children reminds us of the ability to see what doesn't currently exist. Sitting on the edge of that dock with those three buckets throwing that water up into the air with my neighborhood friends, I could see the whales. And when we would go into the vacant lot next door and we would run through the trees and the underbrush of that vacant lot and we set up these like, we found these, these tubes, these long tubes. They were just like trash that somebody had thrown in there. And we made these little like telephone systems with these long tubes and we would find old wood and make little forts. It was our world and we saw things that were beyond what we could see with our eyes. In uh, Madeline Langle's book, A Wrinkle in Time, anybody, anybody? Um, it's about these kids 
whose dad has gotten lost somewhere in space and time and multi-dimensional universe. And so they embark on this journey to find him, and the kids end up on this planet somewhere, and there are these creatures there who don't have eyes, and they're talking to one of these creatures. Her name is Ant Beast. So I'm going to read a few paragraphs here from this section where this girl Meg ends up on this planet and is having a conversation with Ant Beast. So settle in. It'll be a couple minutes. Why is it so dark in here? Meg asked. She tried to look around, but all she could see was shadows. Nevertheless, there was a sense of openness, a feel of a gentle breeze moving lightly about that kept the darkness from being oppressive. Perplexity came to her from the beast. What is dark? What is light? We do not understand. Your father and the boy, Calvin, have asked this too. They say that it is now night on our planet and that they cannot see. They have told us that our atmosphere is what they call opaque, so that the stars are not visible. And then they were surprised that we know stars, that we know their music and the movements of their dance far better than beings like you who spend hours studying them through what you call telescopes. We do not understand what this means to see. Well, it's what things look like, Meg said helplessly. We do not know what things look like, as you say, the beast said. We know what things are like. It must be a very limiting thing, this seeing. Later on, you must try to explain some more to me. And I love that picture of seeing beyond what we can see with our human eyes and knowing beyond what we can touch with our hands. And there's something in childlike faith that allows us to see realities beyond what currently exists before us. Another book that Madeline LaEngle wrote, it's called Walking on Water, and it's a nonfiction book about the intersection of creativity and faith. And in it, she talks about these stories. There was this spiral staircase in her house as a girl. And as she remembers back on that spiral staircase, she remembers having this sense of not walking, but floating down the spiral staircase. And as an adult, knowing what she knows and being told what she's been told, she believes that she must have walked down the stairs, but she has this very strong sense, this very strong memory of having floated down them. And I think that's what it means to have childlike faith, that we have the ability to imagine beyond what we can currently see today. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. That there is this unseen reality And there is a spiritual language that's beyond even our human understanding and comprehension. That's what it means for us to be people who are full of the Spirit, that we walk into environments and we manifest and we see and we uncover and we bring to life love where there is not love and hope, where there is not hope and joy, where there is not joy and peace, where there is not peace, that is what it means for us to be followers of Jesus who have embraced a life of childlike faith. 
that we remember that there's something beyond what we can see and touch and smell and hear. And we have access to those realities to bring them into existence. Childlike faith unlocks the kingdom around us because it reminds us to think beyond what we see. So childlike faith has this sense of expectation. It has a sense of curiosity. It has a sense of creativity. And childlike faith is full of playfulness. Even like walking in tonight, this sense of like joy and just utter, you know, playful chaos at times. Like that we would be okay just being people who are full of joy. And I recognize life won't always be rosy, but we also make choices that make our lives miserable or joyful. Are we choosing into joy? Are we making choices that lead us into a deeper sense of joy, no matter what the circumstances of our life around us are? Are we willing to be people who have a sense of playfulness of God? Even that moment when we were praying earlier or we had that picture where we opened our hands to reach up and take the hand of God and just run with him and skip with him and play with him. Philippians chapter four, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again because I know how hard it is for you, because I know how hard life is for you, because I know that life isn't always rosy, because I know that we make decisions that sometimes go against what's best for our lives. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, the sense of playfulness with him, that he would lighten our load and that we would rejoice in who he is. And this is what I think we can learn from Enneagram 7s. Mark and Rob, who were in the hallway, Enneagram 7s, Enneagram 7s are titled the enthusiast, <laughs> right? And they're these people who are joyful and playful and hopeful and kind and connecting. They're people who remind us of this childlike sense of wonder and joy about life. I have a friend, his name is Brian, and we do some work together at a conference that uh, we see each other maybe three or four times a year for a couple days at a time, and we work together in that environment. And like every time I pass him off stage or backstage or in a hallway, like he's there smiling and laughing and patting someone on the back, and they're both there smiling and laughing and just having this beautiful time together. And that's just not my natural state of things. I'm not that like outgoing, and that's not my necessarily like default position or mindset. And sometimes, like, when I see people like that, I have this tendency of, like, okay, whatever. Like, I want to roll my eyes about it. But when I'm in my healthiest state, I recognize, like, God, thank you for the gift of that example of joy. I remember reading Bob Goff's uh, book a couple years ago, five years ago now, actually. Um, and it's called Love Does. And it's not, like, this deep theological treatise on the Christian faith. It's literally, like... 15 stories from his life. And I remember finishing that book and thinking, this book and the stories of how this guy lives his life just showed to me that a different way of living is possible. He lives with this deep sense of joy and excitement and expectation about life. And it was so beautiful. 
I was listening to Donald Miller's podcast a couple weeks ago, and he talked about being at this business conference. It's a room full of business people, and everybody's there talking about what they do, and they're talking about their thing. And the most powerful guy there, the probably most wealthy guy there, was this guy who's he's 77 years old, I think it was. He like walks into the conference and he's wearing a baseball cap and his t-shirt and jeans and he's like the casual guy who doesn't have anything to prove to anybody and he just shows up and he sits there and he's like retired four or five times over but he's just taking copious notes as people are talking on stage and he has this sense of life in him about this expectation, this curiosity, this joy about life. And lastly, as we think, at, think about childlike faith, I want us to end with this, that childlike faith begins with reliance. All of this stuff, this curiosity, this expectation, it's all built on this sense of reliance. Uh, on Father's Day, I posted this video online, and we'll just watch a little bit of it. The, uh, like the YouTube title of it was like, dads who are really quick to save their kids who are in peril. And it's just this like seven minute montage of moments like this. <laughs> and I watched like seven minutes of it and I'm there and it's like I start tearing up because it's this beautiful moment of like being on a swing and enjoying life as a child and then the swing breaks but like dad is there to catch you <laughs> and you're sitting on the edge of the couch with your iPhone and you lean forward but somehow he knows and it was this just like I was like, I was smiling and crying at the same time. Because it reminded me like, <laughs> we, have, we have a father along this journey who's like looking out for us. And sometimes we may think it's too late. Like that one's a little bit too late in my opinion. <laughs> but we got pulled up out of the water. You know what I mean? Soccer balls flying through the air and from behind, right there, just protected. So you can keep watching and laugh. Oh, this one is like legit. I mean, this one isn't like a laugher. It's like a. <gasps> Told you. <laughs> Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And, oh, this is awesome. What? He just like caught that. I rewound that so I could watch it again. Like he caught it right out of the thin air. But that would have not been good. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And it's just this picture of like us being childlike and our willingness to rely on God as we live out this bold exploration and embrace childlike faith. I think this, uh, not, oh yeah. And then sometimes like we got a dad who keeps us from doing stupid stuff. <laughs> Um, so I just, you know, we'll, we'll keep playing this, I think, for a few minutes as we sing this first song, maybe, and just allow it to joyfully remind us of, like, how we can rely on a good father who's there to pick us up. Or to, oh, I love this one. Like, the kid is totally safe, 
He wasn't hurt at all, but it's an emotional moment. Watch. Right? It's so good. It's so good. So let's stand together. And you can keep your eyes open if you want, but God, thanks for, um, for watching out for us. Thanks for walking with us through life. Thanks for protecting us. Thank you that we can rely on you. Show us what that means. Stir that up in us so that we can be people with expectation and curiosity and, and, and creativity, God, that those things would stir up in us as we walk with you.